So first, want to welcome the audience. Uh, this is Jonathan Wiseman with PodcastMarketing.com, and the show is Houston Entrepreneurs. Uh, today we have Avant Media Institute with us, and we are going to introduce them now. I've got Louis Restrepo, and I've got Ryan. Ryan, pronounce your last name for me. Klonek. Klonek. <laughs> yes, Wanted to make sure I get it right. I know sorry. I wrote it down wrong, so <laughs> I know you're over there looking at it laughing. So I appreciate y'all coming on today. Uh, what I want to do is talk about Avant, let you tell us about it, uh, but more importantly, how you got into it, how it got started, and go from there with our audience so that we can you know, explain the entrepreneurship behind building the business and then highlight the company itself, Absolutely. Uh, which we were just talking about. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and start, and start by telling me about the company, Avant, when it started, how long ago it started, and what that process was, or how the idea came about. What made you start the business? Um, well, I've been in education for, I wanna, going on 15 years uh, this year um, you know, on the business side. So I kind of started with the after school um, perspective to where we help enrich kids after school, provided them with activities that they could <laughs> couldn't afford or, you know, maybe in their area was going to be difficult for them. So, um, you know, we came in and provided uh, a, a wide variety of enrichment activities. And uh, one of the enrichment activities outside of the sports, martial arts, fitness, all the cool stuff that we provided was a um, like an audio program uh, where, you know, we taught middle school, elementary schools how to make, you know, beats from scratch and, you know, do some like basic recording to kind of get that idea on how that works. Um, and then, you know, years later, uh, I got approached uh, from uh, a friend of mine that I've known, you know, close to 20 years now. And he actually was teaching at a, a, a school similar to ours and basically just said, you know what, Ryan, like there's a big need for a quality program here in Houston. I mean, sure. we all know Houston's huge, you know, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 we got everything here and, and why not have a great, uh, engineering program that can focus on audio or in media in general. So we just started talking, man. And, you know, honestly, just like how every other, uh, 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 you know, conversation goes is like, yeah, that sounds great. But you're talking about really open up a college <laughs> at the end of the day. I mean, that's just not like the easiest thing to do, you know? So he said, look, man, I mean, you know, this guy's got you know great credits working with the likes of like John Legend and some other big artists and uh, basically at the end of the day you know put together kind of like a, a flow chart of how it would work you know and I think all of our entrepreneurs know that uh, a dream is one thing but to put it on paper is completely different you know you can have this great idea but does that translate to dollars and cents I mean we we all don't know until the time comes but uh and you know did some research and you know being in education you know we all kind of drew back from what our experience were in college we said okay let's throw all that in a hat threw it in a hat his was outside of spending you know 60 to 80 grand ish on a school uh and having these 100 plus people in an auditorium style classroom to learn hands-on engineering wasn't the best thing for him um and so your partner started as an educator he actually is an engineer who was just teaching at another school okay and so when we talked about this it was more so in the idea of that i reapproached him with it and said you know you've mentioned this like kind of in passing you know what i mean every every small conversation could lead to something bigger right sure. so his passing conversation was very simple like man you've been doing this for so long. Imagine if you open up a school, yeah, you know so what I mean? So that's kind of how like that idea kind of sparked. Gotcha. So yeah. just to be clear and for the audience, mm -hmm. did he was a 
producer or engineer correct educating at a different school at the time correct and what were you doing at that time I was just involved in my after school program solely strictly doing that So still in the educational field but you were offering after school uh, facilities location different programs Correct. for kids was it related to music at that time or was it just after school program mainly just after school and like I said earlier we did have a like little audio class that we offered and you know I thought it was great to have kids be able to do this but you know our pro- our after school program just to touch base on that slightly I mean we offer 50 to 60 different types of programs and we're in eight to nine districts here in Houston and what age group is that for K through 12 okay mm-hmm. so to be able to kind of say, hey, now we want to do something for 18 plus, you know, is similar but different. Provide something that people can afford or provide something that most people can't afford. Um, and then in addition to that, like, you know, let's say, why not make it a little bit different? You know, so, yeah, he kind of had the he had to write the curriculum because I'm not an engineer, so I sure. can't write the curriculum, you know, but the business side of it is what I've been doing for so long and, and the creativity, the mindset, the design work, like that kind of stuff. It was just kind of like, let's put, let's put it together and see, see what can happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to take a step back mm-hmm. uh, and, and I know this is about Avant today, mm-hmm. but the after school program that we were just talking about right. is a business that you actually own that you've developed over the years that is currently in existence going on which is k through 12 k through 12 yeah and it's after school programs for mm-hmm. houston all around in all districts correct okay yeah yeah it's and called after school to achieve after school to achieve that's gonna be my next yeah. question so that is called <laughs> after school to achieve yes and we'll discuss that on another show because i Absolutely. want this to be about a font but yeah. to have the credentials to know the education system i think it's important for the audience to know that you've been running that and how many years has that been in business uh it started uh in 2004 okay yeah so uh this school year would be the 15th year in existence so really cool. well, congratulations um, it's awesome man that. i appreciate it man and uh i think i've been employed in the houston area over 3,000 plus people at some point in my life and i met someone the other day that at some point worked for us so it's cool like you know and um, how old are you i'm uh, 37 cool yeah man so i started it at a at a young age at a young age man (laughs) cool well congratulations on 15 years and congratulations on avant yeah definitely So, so you coming from the after school program and then him coming from the engineering mm-hmm. and, and teaching in a different location right. or for other schools y'all decided to put your heads together to mm-hmm. develop this curriculum this class or this i guess it's a college it's a actually college, man. yeah yeah you ever seen the movie accepted no <laughs> for, for the guys that has seen it man it's just like you know one day you know just open up a college and see what happens and, and you know it's funny to go back and say that now but uh, it's uh, we 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 had our first doors open up November 2014, and you know uh, uh, it's been you know we're going on five years now, and it's been a great journey. But most importantly, the idea was we have to prove to the state that we can do this. So yeah, m- my educational background, uh, my um, my uh, business background is what we put on paper along with his and one other person um, that had the solidification to say this group can can manage and operate a you know technical college here in Houston so uh it is a lot harder than I thought it was um I think we all can you know tomorrow shoot you and I man this we can open up a coffee shop tomorrow if we want to yeah I guarantee you it'd be a whole lot smoother than this because uh there you don't got somebody trying to shut you down and unfortunately you know with with things that are involved with government and state it's not that they're trying to shut you down but they're trying to protect you know 
the, sure. the every, it makes everybody sense. involved. Yeah. And so. education is very important. Yeah. So I can, and I don't know the business, so I'm mm-hmm. not going to speak on that, but I can imagine when, you know, as a parent, your kids go to high school for 12 years or I'm not high school, but school for 12. <laughs> you hope they don't go to high school for 12 <laughs> years. They go to school for, you know, K through 12. And then when they get out, you want to put them into a legit program. And if this is going to be a program that has a tuition and people pay money for it, especially if they're going to be getting grants or scholarships or what have you, Mm -hmm. and we'll get into that in a little bit, Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that they're going to a legit program and a legit school. Right. Absolutely. And that's what they, they protect because obviously, I mean, you've heard it, we've all heard it that schools like that, you know, open up and shut down or they're not providing good education or they charge a bunch of money and, and, and before you know it, they're gone. So you, it's just the way that it is, yeah. you know, and that's why it's so strict in the beginning. Um, you have uh, uh, from 2014, 2015, we you know, we were watched like crazy. You know, it's like we opened up with uh, a temporary, not a temporary status, but like, you know, preliminary status for that first year. Well, you're on probation, sure, on probation, basically. Yeah. yeah. So if anything goes wrong or we get a student complain or whatever the case may be, it's like. They're watching us. It's going to be scrutinized. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about that. So in 14 is when you got started. Right. And y'all had the idea come together. Mm-hmm. What actually made you say, all right, let's pull the trigger and do this? Where did the funding come from? Mm-hmm. And what type of budget did you start with to make this happen? And where did you get that funding from? Yeah, definitely. So uh, I, I was at that point. I had a, uh, I was in a good state of my after school company. We've done well. We moved into a... a uh, a big office and um you know we just kind of we just kind of um put it put our heads together and say hey look you know what is this really going to cost us uh how is this going to work and is it probable you know what i mean and all the the main things you would ask in a in a business meeting um so at that time you know i definitely had some good savings saved up and that's where the you know good money came from um also uh i did a fundraising and I raised some funds, um, and uh, we put put the money together and, and started uh, construction. Uh, that part was a little bit tricky, you know, um, dealing with construction, dealing with the build out, dealing with state. Um, there was a lot of things that I wasn't quite sure um, or did I was new to. So, for example, you know, after we built the walls, we had the uh, we had uh, somebody come, you know, from from the city and uh, you know inspect everything, and they said that. There was a quote unquote below us. They considered it a garage, but it's not a garage. So we had to have certain kind of walls. You know, yeah, they have certain to have types to, of reinforcement. Yeah, those, what's, the, what's the reinforcement on that, man, that you have to have in those walls? If there's like a garage in Fort, you have to have like some metal or the rods have to be certain pieces apart, do you know? Well, I mean, if you're talking about fireproofing, that may be. It may be in regards to the fireproofing or well, some kind of protection. And it's the same thing. My brother's in construction. So right, when right. you have a second story, you have to have certain amount of infrastructure to keep whatever's up there from falling through on people's heads exactly so then you know i'm like so excited you know we've we've got these guys done and the guy comes in man he just says oh this isn't the right uh walls i need to check them retention wall or whatever yeah so what does he do he cuts a hole like two inches by two inches all the way across on all my walls after they've been done painted and just to double check. And I was like, are you serious? Like, this is how it's going to work, man. I was like, I didn't, you know, I didn't know it went down like that, you know, and it's just, you know, and you got to pay, you got to get the guys to come back and they have to retouch it, repaint it, you know? So, uh, it was a lot, a learning process, a learning process. Sure. Man. Yeah. Cause yeah. typically you'd get that approval before you put the sheetrock over those studs. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. then 
it was, it's funny because when I asked the guy, he said, no, that's not a, it's not a typical, it's procedure. not a garage. It's oh. like a storage or something like that. I forgot what's underneath us, but yeah. it just went back and forth, man, like that. And then, you know, getting the, the fire marshal to come out there. And then we literally had to move a trash can. <laughs> I had to move a trash can. And I'm sure y'all know about <laughs> move a trash can. And he said, we'll come back next time and, and make sure that it's moved. Are you talking about a little trash can in the... In the- like, well, I mean, it was a trash can, but we're not talking about a dumpster. We're talking about like a legit trash can that was in a... Uh, place where there was a quote unquote in, in a fire walkway or something like that so i had to move that and then i had to take pictures of you know just like over and over again so it was just like it man. sounds like he had a bad inspector yeah, yeah, yeah like they can be assholes yeah sometimes. man it was and rough it, it was rough owning nightclubs for many years and building them the stuff that you would deal with from the fire marshals right. from the inspectors and that's one thing in business that's important to point out is you know, you're dealing with local inspectors. Mm-hmm. You piss them off. They're going to make it as Long hard process. as possible for you to get approved in anything. Right. And, and in the club business uh, specifically is we would deal with, you know, fire marshals, for example. You might have one club. It gets approved. You're partying six months into the project. The fire marshals come in. You're overcrowded. You tell them to go fuck themselves. And then a month, you know, a year later, you go open up a new location down the it's road. That same guy. That same guy. He remembers it. Yeah. And he will make your life miserable. So that's one thing that I definitely recommend to people get into this. Just kiss people's asses. Because if you're a dick, they're going to make life 10 times harder well, for you. Being in business for a while myself, you know, one of the things that I've learned, and I learned this real early careful the feet you step on today because they may be connected to that ass you got to kiss tomorrow you ain't and man <laughs> how many like times you say, does that happen to you <laughs> you know thank god that the, the certain things i learned trial by fire by fire early on in life so you know when, when you learn the, in, in my nature in general I, I don't care i treat everybody the same you know sure. i don't i don't care if it is the door guy or the guy writing the check i, I treat everybody the same regardless but but it definitely is something that you but that's you have something to be you've learned from of. years of doing this an experience or is this something you just started doing from the beginning no, i think that that me that's part of my nature i, I think okay. that's just who i am i think I, i've always just i feel like there's there's i can learn something from everybody i don't care who you are and so I, I always approach a relationship or and when i say relationship whether it's a five second relationship or a five-year relationship I, i'm always trying to learn i'm always trying to figure out what can i learn from this person and take away from that interaction and so i i i, I don't see a reason to treat somebody you know but you know that albeit you know, everybody wakes up on the wrong side of the bed sometimes and everybody has that bad day. Sure. And so uh, I definitely have, have experienced it for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, immune to that. I've experienced treating the wrong guy the wrong way and then not too far down the road, that boomerang comes back comes and gets back you. back and get your ass. Right in the back of the head. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've, I forgot I, I threw that boomerang. Bam! I, I think we've all dealt with that many a times. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I appreciate the information. The um, So I want to take a step back to you were talking about the location, getting in there and building it out. Yeah, definitely. Is that location just uh, so the audience mm-hmm. can get a grasp of it? Is this a building that you purchased? Are you in an office building with other businesses? What type of location is it? So let's go back to the very beginning, right? So if from the entrepreneur side, you want to look at a, a lot of things, right? I know going in and possibly buying something would be ideal in case it doesn't work out you can flip the land or whatever the case may be you know it's always a good thing um or if we're going to rent something you know how much money we're going to put spend for the build out and do we see ourselves there for a long period of time are you going to get a return on that build out (laughs) exactly because uh the way that 
I want to do it, you know, is going to be nice. It's going to be maybe there's a difference between expensive and then there's nice. I mean, sure. you can buy a $10,000 couch that someone else looks like and says, you know, that's looks like old and ugly, you know, or you could spend $50 on the same couch and restore it. And all of a sudden people think it's the Amazing. best thing ever, you know? So vintage. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, my, my, my idea is like, it's gotta be nice. I mean, we can't overspend. We were on a tighter budget just because, you know, going back and, and, and if I had to redo it again, I, I would have definitely recalculated a couple of things. I, uh, definitely the build out was one of them. Um, some unexpected stuff that we had to pay for that. So that, let's get into that yeah. in the lease. What is the location? So right now, is the, it an office building or multi-use? It's an office building, yeah. So it's an office building that it was cool, man. Um, it was two offices that we decided to make into one on the bottom floor. Uh, one of the reasons why we chose this, there used to be a, um, a radio station that's to. Re- uh, used to go out of there like okay. back back in the day like in the 90s or 80s or something like that um and then next to it where was uh, a place where they had like video shoots so it was like this huge green screen wall and stuff like that so i you have to see the vision you know and i was like man this would be cool because it's got kind of like that already at one point did similar to what we're doing so we literally put the recording booth where they had their where they shot the um uh, the old radio station out of, and that was kind of the idea. And we're like, okay, we can go in this area, um, 45 and beltway eight. So like near the greens point area, biggest reason for location out, uh, number one is obviously cost. Uh, it was a, a good location that we can get for affordable. Um, but more importantly, we were trying not to go too far away from downtown and put us in a good position between 45 North with the woodlands, Humble spring. So, uh, we chose that because right there you got Beltway 8, so you got the 290 area. Um, people can swing by from the Humble, get on 59 and hop there. So it was a good location, that scenario. Um, and then we decided to go with the lease. Um, Let me do this real quick because we're getting kind of into details. Mm-hmm. Let's take a, a step and tell people what Avant is. Okay. Uh, so that that way I understand what you're saying when you're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, the studio definitely. and audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we haven't even got there yet. So Avant Media Institute. What is it and what services do you provide exactly? And then we'll go ahead and jump back into the business side of things. No, cool. So uh, going back in Avant, man, like, you know, when I said earlier about audio engineering, audio engineering is a is a trade and um, focusing on real world audio scenarios to where you can be a sound engineer, a recording engineer. Um, you can work for radio stations, TV stations, um, you can record bands or you can record people live on stage. So there are schools that offer specifically um, uh, media related programs like audio engineering um, and you can go on there and you know uh, learn your trait. So our idea is to have the new age, new world philosophy, which is basically an accelerated advanced program. So we're gonna cut out all the fluff, you know, um, no classes like math, science, reading, you know, all that kind of stuff. So if accepted into our program, you'll dive, you know, right into the audio uh, in week one, basically day one. Um, and uh, it's a 44 week accelerated advanced program. There's five courses within the course in order to graduate. Um, and our biggest selling point is new age, no fluff, and 12 to one student teacher ratio. So you're not gonna have more than 12 in your class learning from actual audio professionals. I, I, I can't stress that enough. Like 
These it's dudes' actually, credits are like insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's people <laughs> that are actually in the business here in Houston. Correct. That do this as a job and them teaching curriculum at your location, at your college. Right. Is something that they do secondary to their secondary. main job, which is in the business. Right. Right. And I think it's important to point out, uh, you know, my son's into music and I'm sure a lot of people's kids are. Uh, it's not just a producer. It's not just recording in a music booth. It's not just creating music, whether that's country music or hip hop music. It's not just about the music. There's so much more to audio engineering that is available to your students. Right. And I think it's important to point that out or maybe give some examples a little bit more in detail uh, of types of audio engineering so that the audience, so moms or so the kids out there hear this that they know or can see the potential maybe if they're not wanting to go to the, through the typical means of education. Yeah, no, definitely. So what is an audio engineer? That's like the biggest question, right? Um, so if, a, if you were to come in with your son, I would say, you know, what's the goal for your son? Oh, he wants to be a producer. Great. You know, what else? Oh, he wants to record artists. Great. But did you know there's way more that we offer at our program or an engineer can offer just than recording in the studio or recording with artists or basically just sitting there making beats behind a board all day, right? There's way more to that. And, and we have students, you know, that have done um, more so than just, uh, more so than just work in a studio, but they're working in oil and gas. Like, what do you mean they work in oil and gas? Yeah, they literally yeah, work. Yeah, so give at, us yeah, an example yeah. of how so, that looks. So let's just say you got a, a meeting with somebody in, in Dubai. Well, who sent up your audio for that, for that, for that, you know, for that uh, uh, conference call. For that conference call. Thank yeah. you. Um, it's got to be set up before, like, the executives walk in. Yeah. So you these guys are the first ones there. Yeah. Sure. You don't want a top CEO about to go jump on a conference <laughs> call with video and audio set up and then it not work. Exactly. So those guys are there at, like, 530 in the morning. They're setting up. And then at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m., whenever these, whenever these uh, uh, calls are coming in, all the audio is set up, the video is set up, uh, the mic, you know, everything is done. And so there is AV type work that are just way far and beyond than just recording in the studio. I have a graduate that's working um, uh, in a hospital. You think, how's he working in a hospital? Like, what is he doing? Yeah, give yeah, us, yeah, give like, us okay, how that so, plays up. We got an emergency in room 404. Somebody's got to call somebody and then somebody's got to make sure that that recording gets to wherever it needs to get. And that person's basically running the sound for all to in exchange, you know, all the audio, because obviously if you guys all know in our cell phones, there's no, there's no service. You know, when you guys are in a hospital, it's hard, it's like hard to get service. Sure. So these guys have to be in communication with each other. Um, and he runs uh, in four cities. He's a lead engineer for four cities for a chain of hospitals. And um, he's running the, the audio for all that. So it's a little bit more so than just recording inside a studio. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. No. And I love it because, and you think about from a business standpoint, especially in hospitals, not only does the communication need to be there and obviously clearly in emergency mm -hmm. type situations, right. but I would think for liability, they want to have all those calls recorded and for then sure. downloaded to servers yeah. where you can retrieve them, you know, right. if something comes up. So it, somebody it, has to do that tech work. Exactly. You say like, you know, there's a, we, we call it a uh, forensic engineer. You're like, what the heck is a forensic engineer? Well, these uh, uh, are uh, law enforcement that's got to get somebody recorded on something they shouldn't be saying. Somebody's got to go when they got to get that sounding right for, for court, right? <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, there's a whole lot more than just, you know, sitting in the studio and, and, you know, and I tell that to students that walk in and I tell parents that and I tell students that, look, if you're coming here because you want to make beats all day, now, don't get me wrong, you could be the next Dr. Dre, but Dr. Dre started as a, 
he was also an engineer. But if you just want to stri strictly focus on producing, this isn't the school for you because we're going to make you an actual engineer and you're going to be a well-rounded engineer. And I say engineer before I say audio engineer because you're an engineer and you're an engineer of audio. It's just, just how it is. Yeah. You know, and then it, you can apply that to any different position that you want to. Absolutely. And you take that where you want to take it. Now, don't get me wrong. We do have students that that's all they want to do is be a producer. But they look at it and say, like, I can go to school here and learn how to be a producer, learn how to be an engineer and, and improve my craft. Then when I leave here, if I decide to do it, then great. If I well, don't if they realize producing isn't it for them, they have other, they have another trade. They have other avenues to go down. Yeah, exactly. Ah, so it's, it's, it's cool, man. Um, so how long does a education last? Is it a year long? How long? It's one year, a little under one year. So our next uh, starting date is September 23rd. So for those students that are enrolling for September 23rd class, we have mornings and evenings. Um, so whatever, you know, class that you choose, if you get started September, you'll be graduated September, 2020. And that's pretty much how that would that would work out. And then once you have those credentials, you're also placing your graduates into different job positions. Yeah, uh, our name and brand right now is it's pretty good, strong. Good. So it's cool. So we're getting calls um, from different job opportunities. Um, and sometimes, to be honest with you, like are we have our employment rate is so high that I don't have jobs sometimes <laughs> our students to place with some of these jobs that are coming in. Um, as we grow, I'll hopefully, you know, be able to say, hey, I got 10 possible people to apply for this one position. But um, it's cool because they're out there kicking butt and the ones that are working have great jobs. Um, I had one, you know, gentleman come in. Uh, I think when he started, he was uh, 38, 39 years old. Said he had a specific job that he wanted to do. And that was to work for, uh, work a live, a live venue at a big pavilion in, you know, here in Houston. Um, and they told him that he doesn't have the education, go get the education and go apply for the job. He had one goal in mind. He didn't want to record in the studio. He didn't want to like, you know, uh, uh, make beats. He didn't want none of that, but he was like, I'm going to take this serious, uh, serious because this is the job that I want to get. Came in, never missed a day of class. Um, and literally was our only perfect attendance person we've ever had, which I think it was already hard. To, you know, I was, jokingly saying it's impossible but he made it possible never missed a day of class for for 44 straight weeks um and our classes are three and a half hours long three days per week so imagine that time and effort that he had to put in not only did he have the highest grade he had one of the highest gpas that we've ever had leaving um a few months later gets offered the job that he's been waiting for and go. just like that, boom. Such and believe story. it or not, he's recording a country singer too. I love it. Just on the side. And I was like, okay, yeah, you didn't think you would learn how to do that. You Something know? he said he didn't want to do. Exactly. And he's yeah. recording a buddy Which of his. Yeah, that's, uh, that's doing an album. And it's cool, man. So, that's really like, cool. And it shows how it spreads out amongst right. other industries or other opportunities as far as business goes. Correct. Right. I mean, having, having, I mean, obviously the bulk of our students are, are, are you know, 21 to 24 age. And having being able to give them something that, like like you said, if they come in with that mindset of I do want to record in the studio, I do want to do beats, that's great. But you always have something to fall back on. I love it. Uh, I do because it's you know I feel that the educational system is antiquated, all the way K through twelve as well as the educational process after. Yeah. So I love what you're doing where it's hands on, it's real time, it's realistic, and it's going to help people learn a trait learn some skills and then truly be able to apply those afterwards in, in a real world situation. Yeah. And, and some of our guys, uh, they, they don't, 
really know what they want to do until they graduate. Um, and, uh, you know, we have one of, one of our partners here, uh, Johnny Black with uh, Johnny Black Productions. What's up, Johnny? Johnny, you want to come in, man? You want to hop in, man? Um, I said, man, you know, I got this dude, man. I think you'll like him because. We're going to put him next to you. Yeah, from, from the entrepreneur standpoint, I said, so Johnny's a DJ. I said, look, man, do you really need to be carrying that big ass equipment around? And that's just straight up. Like I had, to, I had a real talk with him. I said, you, you know, why don't you hire somebody, man? Like you're, you're the owner of the company. If they want to hire you to do the gig, wouldn't you want to have somebody set that up for you? And uh, we, we got to talking and basically uh, uh, I, I sent one of my guys over there and, and uh, he set up the audio for, uh, for Johnny. I don't think that was the idea going in, um, but it just kind of goes to shows that you don't know what type of, you don't know what kind of audio help you need until you need it. <laughs> and uh, I think it's kind of cool that some of our guys uh, are out there just working with different, different, um, different type of industries. Uh, and uh, Johnny, man, you know, like with, with Jesse, man, how's he doing? Was he, is can, he, can is he hear us okay? I hear you guys perfectly. Yeah, right, how, cool. how's, Je how's Jesse doing for you, man? Are we allowed to cuss or no cuss? Yeah, we can cuss. Just get close to the microphone. Yeah, he, he's a fucking badass, man. Game changer. Yeah, like, he's awesome. Um, and like he was saying, uh, we had that talk, man, where it was like, I would always complain like Mondays, dude, like I'm freaking hurting, man. He's like, well, why? I'm like, well, I worked, you know, I DJed Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And he's like, well, like you're still carrying and setting up all your shit. I'm like, yeah, I kind of am. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to set you up with a couple guys, interview them, try them out and see who's who. And um, Jesse was, I think, I think the first one, and really the only one. After that, I was like, okay, that that's the one. And then since then, man, uh, like he he freaking kills it. And you know, it's it's one of those things where like, uh, you know, it's it's you kind of got to get used to each kind of what what each other kind of likes, right? So sure. the first couple times, I'm like, hey, you know what? For instance, I like my stuff to be set up this way and I want a monitor here and I'm, you know, half deaf. So I want my monitor screaming and, you know, I want my mic this way or that way. But, um, like, yeah, I mean, now he literally gets in there, um, two, three hours before I start, I show up like 20 minutes before it's game time. <laughs> check, check one, two, we're good. Do my show at the end of the night, take my headphones off. I bounce and he, I mean, he's, he's awesome. He's, That's dope. Yeah. Hell yeah. Really and, cool. and, and time is money, man. You it know, and, and it's just the advice I would give for any entrepreneur, right? You got your own business. If I, if you could take two, if, if for in this example, it doesn't even matter what, but if you could pull two hours, right, of your time to focus on growing your business versus to be carrying and lugging around equipment or doing something that you shouldn't be doing, um, you're going to end up making more money for the cost that's going to cost you to pay somebody to do this work for you. And that's, that is my advice for him. And for, for all entrepreneurs, like, look for those two hours, I guarantee you, if Johnny walks in at five 30, his show's at seven 30, he's got someone else setting up and he can shake hands for two hours. How much more money is he going to make? Then, Absolutely. Then, you know, and that's just what that is. And, um, and, and that's something that I'm, I've been learning and that's something that I would entertain or, you know, express to other uh, entrepreneurs. Sometimes it costs more upfront, to pay somebody 10, 15 bucks an hour, but you're gonna make more money on the back end because your time is now where it needs to be. Yeah, and, I believe real yeah. big on do what you're good at mm -hmm. and hire people to do the things that you suck at or that you don't wanna do or that are gonna take time away from you doing what you're good at. Right, right. And and make a long story short with that, man, I think it's been great. Our guys are out there uh, you know, doing a great job and, and I just, 
uh, kind of proud of where where we're, we've where we accomplished. I love it, bro. Years, it's amazing. <laughs> ah, congratulations, yeah, you've done it, a fucking man. amazing job yeah. at it. Thank you, bro. So I want to jump over to the business side of things and the startup side of things. We were talking about the location earlier. You're in an office building. We're right. talking about some headaches with the fucking inspectors and Man, stuff like that. Holes and shit. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk about as far as startup expenses. When you got into that location, what was the square footage? What was your budget for build out? Did you get tenant improvement? And for those that don't know what TI is, that's when the landlord will actually give you money per square foot to build out your location. Uh, did they give you any rent abatement where, which means to the audience is they don't, you know, you can get into a location and say, okay, look, we're going to get in there. We're going to build it out. We're going to make it badass. Uh, but go ahead and give me a couple free months of rent to give me time to get in there and get situated. So rent abatement is one of the big things you always want yeah. to look at when you yeah. get into a location. TI is the other big thing where the landlord will give you money to help you build your place out. Maybe it's something as simple as paint the place, replace the floors. Uh, but that can run anywhere from $5 a square foot, and I've seen as high as $40 oh a square gosh. foot. Yeah. <laughs> when I first got into business, I didn't know about these two things. Right. And I was in the nightclub business when I was younger, and the, the first two or three locations that we built, we never even knew to ask for rent abatement or ask for TI money, tenant allowance. Uh, so did you, when you started this venture, were you aware of that? Did you get any? Well, let's, let's go back on, on, remember I said earlier, you know, I'm at the time I'm uh, 31, 32 years old and I'm going to start a college. OK, let, yeah. let me rephrase that again. An actual like, it's an actual legitimate college that's accredited by the state of Texas that sees actual engineers and engineers of audio. Right. So, I mean, that just goes to show you, you got <laughs> fucking dreams chase them do it you've got an idea it takes balls throw them on the table and do it this yeah. dude at 31 years old started a texas college yeah it's crazy it's crazy man and so with that i had my own you know uh i'm conservative and you know uh and i'm conservative in a way so i was like man i don't know like it seems we could do it confident and conservative are, are two different things you know i'm confident yeah i could get done conservative is that doesn't mean i'm gonna go in you're and sign effective a, yeah man sign a 10-year note and something stupid and put ourselves in a bad position so i said you know what let me negotiate this lease to the best of my ability because you know what i hold the power here they want me um so let me see what i could do so my first initial lead, uh negotiating they want us for a three-year five-year this that and the other uh they'll pay for some tenant improvements uh improvements they wanted us i said you know what no, I'm not going to do it. I, I, I just felt at the time it wasn't the right move for us to be locked in. So what I told him, I was like, I want the shortest deal possible. And I'm like, well, what do you mean the shortest deal? I said, I don't know, man. What if it doesn't work out? Yeah, You, you know, that's just committed. what I'm thinking. Yeah, you know, what if it doesn't work out? So I said, I don't want a three-year. I want a one-year. They said, a one-year? I said, yeah, <laughs> and I want uh, uh, six months free. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that's what I started. That's what I led with. Hey. Yeah. So why good. not? Right. You know, like Can't hurt I, to ask. I just began my negotiation, like yeah. strategies, like, uh, uh, on, a uh, on this, I had the, the contractors was still new to me. It's still new to me now. That's just not what I do. Right. Um, so, but this part, I know I can negotiate because I, I know what, what position we're in. So anyways, we settled at, um, 
a one year so I can get the hell out of there if it doesn't work out and I'm not trapped in this space, right? And um, did I they, did they give you the six months free? They uh, yeah, that's the question right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they gave me uh, three months free. There you on go. A one year, so I mean, I was only only locked in for 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 nine, for nine months. months. Yeah, man. Hey, that's you know? that's pretty damn and, good. And uh, I told them that after that, I'll, I'll uh, renegotiate or yeah. Consider. And then if I and I want a, a clause, I want first wire refusal on the entire. I like literally ask for first first right refusal on every space that touched our space within uh, this one year plus on the option, just in case the thing gets out of control, I need to grow. Cool, and just so for the audience, options. When you do options and leases, you can ask for the option to get more space that is around the existing space, or if you want to get additional, once your lease term is up, whether that's one year, three year, five year, which are typical, really three year and five year mm -hmm. typical in business, you want the option to renew that space before they just pull it out from underneath you. So at the end of your lease, you want to be able to get out of it if your business is doing shitty. Right. Uh, but if it's doing good, you want to grow or you continue to do business, you always ask for the option. That way you can sign an additional lease. You stay in there and you don't have to pick up a move. Yeah. And not only that, if, if somebody comes and they want the space next door, I want to be notified before and be able to have the option to take that space in a timely manner. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we, we I, that's what I signed, man. You know, I, I, I just try to be conservative in that scenario, and I try to put us in position to see if this was going to be successful or not. Because at the end of the day, when the doors opened up, I saw the I saw the convince somebody to pay to go to a college they never heard of. Sure. You know what I mean? So it's like, and, and they're walking in, they're seeing me they're like, man, who the hell is this guy? He's like 25 years old. I'm like, no, nah, man. I mean, and, you know, there it just, it, it I had to, you know, there, there's obviously some, Definitely some hoops and boundaries that I had to, to cross. Absolutely, I can imagine. <laughs> you know? So generating that first traffic, getting those first customers. Right. How did you do that? How did you get awareness? How did you bring traffic? How did you get business? Because that's your lifeline to pay the bills. Right. Well, we had a choice to make. Um, and for this is a, a little bit of a different scenario to work out because we're building a brand and a name and a reputation. Um, we're not selling anything necessarily out of the school. So for all of our restaurant, bars, club owners, things like that, you can open up the place on Saturday, pay for everything. And then Saturday night, when you first open up, you're going to get some of your investment back sure. right then and there. Yeah. Um, that's just because you're, you're, people are buying stuff right then and there. Um, for us, it's a little bit of an opposite effect because, A, if I get you know 50 people to like walk into our school, it doesn't necessarily mean all 50 of them are going to actually sign up. Sure. And if they do sign up, we're a brand new school. What are they really going to commit to pay engaging that? You know, so we came in under market value for the total cost of the program, which is great. But we had to do one more step and uh, to offset the new, you know, us being brand new. Um, but really what it came down to is just that uh, we, we did marketing from uh, at the time. And, you know, we could preach, preach, preach about how it is the market. You know, I still feel like hand to hand still has some kind of grasp. You know, people don't do it as much as they used to, but we did that five years ago. We did, we hired a uh, street team and they just went around everywhere. Passing out street marketing, yeah, street marketing. Yeah, just, it's, it's still very, it's, very alive. I tell people all the time, man, street marketing yeah, is alive. Was, now, direct mail, they might throw your shit away. Yeah, that's not, I, I don't hand know But hand-to-hand right, marketing, yeah. <laughs> there, there's a lot of different marketing strategies that are considered old school that are, you know, it's kind of all circling back around. Yeah, and I think people are now just like, 
you know, if, if he wants to speak about Instagram real quick, you, you flip through the ads faster than, than ever before, just because there's so much on there. You're just trying to get to whoever the next post is, yep. you know? So, uh, we, we went out that route. Of course we, you know, I, I started so, interviewing different marketing companies and that kind of stuff. I hired a street team and I hired, a. Uh, a marketing company to do our website and our digital marketing. And that's kind of how we started uh, uh, that, that part. And what did you have for a budget for that startup or the first six months of startup for marketing dollars for your website and for marketing? What was your marketing budget for, let's say the first six months? Right. So we set aside about five to 6,000 a month. Um, at the time we felt like we needed to do that. Um, and so we we paid on the more of the the I guess the heavier side. We're spending about six or seven thousand a month on on marketing for com combined for the street team and the digital marketing. Um, of course, with a bunch of other bills that you didn't foresee coming sure. in. Um, so we we actually still to this day like you know had a, a huge push that was a little bit unexpected. I didn't think there was this many people were going to come, but they did. And uh, uh, after that, you know we kind of had to tell off a little bit just because it is, you know, marketing is expensive, man, it is. you know, and, and yeah, even if the students are coming in, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't <know>. necessarily mean, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean that they were signing up. So, you know, and maybe we weren't hitting the right people. So I had to kind of regroup with that as well. But which of those marketing means or platforms did mm -hmm. you see give you the biggest return on investment in this niche? Well, I would say that, uh, it was a niche that was, so your niche is education. Correct. And it's a, a vocational school. Would right. that be fair yeah, to say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, geared towards media or towards audio engineering or right. as you like to say, engineering audio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you did pay-per-click advertise. After you built mm -hmm. your website, it was there. And this was five years ago. Right. So social wasn't quite as popular to most. Right. So did you, you, you had a street team passing out flyers, hand-to-hand -hand combat. You did probably some pay-per-click campaigning, maybe some local ads, magazine ads. Uh, maybe direct mail pieces to college students and dorms or wherever your target market right. was. What were the three or four things that you did and what did you see the biggest return on investment from? Well, I'll say first and foremost, uh, interview your potential marketing companies first. I would say that uh, I, I probably would have been a little bit more tighter on who we hired for that part. And if you're gonna hire somebody for marketing, make sure they have some sort of history with your target audience. Um, you know, I, I hired somebody, they did a great job on what they did, but I don't think they, I mean, how do you find somebody who's looking for audio engineering? You know, I still feel like it's kind of hard to find, right? But um, uh, I would say the biggest uh, was our street team, man. I think they did way better than our digital marketing team. I think our digital marketing team did cool on aesthetics, but, um, our cost per click was way too high for the return that we're getting on. Do you remember it. what it was, man? Well, it's competitive, so it could be between five to seven dollars a click. Yeah. You know, up to fifteen on certain times. Yeah, you know? and that's so actually, you know, that was five years ago, but that's cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, it's yeah. it's cheap, but it also it's oh, it adds up it adds real up quick, quick, real man. quick. <laughs> you know, you get a two thousand dollar bill in two weeks. You're like, what the hell? And yeah. you got no phone calls, or you got one phone call. Yeah, or, and it's know. not converting. Yeah. Exactly. So what did your street team do? They were successful. What did you actually have them do? Was it something they suggested or did you give them the ideas and say, Hey, go do X, Y, and Z? Man, you know what? We did old school, man. We did uh, old school. Like we, we did, we're having a party at this 
at this uh, bar or club come through, you know, it was like go to every coffee shop, every, you know, uh, every local business. And this is pass off flyers and hand it out to people set up like little booths at different places. Uh, we went to little, uh, venues that had like, uh, people that were performing and we said, Hey, can we set up a booth here? Sweet. And, and then we did it that way. And that's how, because we, we didn't know what else to do outside of trying to battle and when we're trying to battle online you know for all of our guys that are, that are paying for 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 google we try to battle online who are you battling against you know what i mean and what kind of pockets do they have and what can you do differently so with us we're battling against schools that have deep pockets you know they've grossed in the billions i would say you yeah. know easily so it's a little bit different we can't just spin it all there and not do something that's a little bit different or they're government funded so it's not using their own dollars exactly anyways. yeah so uh we went about that right uh route and just did it just old school hand to hand and we got a good push and i felt like that push was more so brand awareness more than anything so i'll, I'll i would have to give it to our brand awareness uh, that we're open you know what I mean? We're open for business and hopefully somebody down the line can say, oh, I heard of Avant. And what's Avant? Oh, I think they do something with audio. Oh, my kid makes beats or my friend makes beats. Oh, you should hit them up. And that's how we were able to get some traffic too. Do you, you remember know? your first client? The uh, first person to call and say, hey, I want to sign up for the man, school. Uh, so the build out, uh, <laughs> going back on there, took, took, uh, took a little bit uh, longer, right? Uh, so we're over here having this building with the, with our, uh, uh, we couldn't even go in there because it was like, they're already behind. Right. So we opened up quote unquote at a different location. So I had people calling uh, through our digital, like obviously through ring central, um, for you guys that don't know who ring central is, I highly, highly recommend ring central. I've been telling Johnny about ring central for a minute. Um, they have no idea that they're not calling your location, you know? So they're calling us on the outside location and they're calling and say, Hey man, I, I saw your ad. Like, tell me more about it. And we weren't even at an office. We're like, Oh shit. Like people are calling yeah. now, you know, so, so ring central is a hosted phone system correct. where you get a ghost number or hosted number, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That then rings to your cell phone or you can have it four to 20 different numbers and rollovers or however. Yeah. But it basically gives you a phone system and a phone number to call that then gets forwarded to you wherever you're at. And I, did they also have the answering service or the people that will live answer for you as yeah, well? Yeah, we had the answering service. You got the leave the, the voicemail. You got the text message. You got the, you know, you can give it to whoever you want to have it. So, I mean, you know, shout out to them because they, they kept us like on the move when we couldn't be in our own building because of construction, you know? So we were able to start booking tours. And we, I just remember that those calls like coming in, like, man, we got to start getting these people in for tour. So then I was like, let me be creative here. And I was like, I got to tour them because we're, I mean, they, they want to come. They want to see, what yeah, they're they're see what's going on. For, sure. So, uh, I, I just said, you know what? I don't care if they're not ready. We're going to do like this hard hat scenario. <laughs> <laughs> hard you ever see those, scenario. Do you see those hats? He still has those hard hats. I, I, I still do. The day we, we're doing uh, some you got to put he them on the wall and frame them. Yeah, yeah, man. I said, come on, man. Let, let's go. So the first day we had like six tours of people coming in. And I remember like, man, like nervous. Like they're going to come and check out. We didn't even have our studio built yet. Um, and I think out of the like six people, like two like they actually end up registering for that first set of class. Um, and after that, of course, man, you're going to get your like, oh, I don't know, man, this place ain't even built yet. Yeah, it's you know, a little sketchy. I, yeah, it's a little sketchy and this that, and the other. So we probably lost some students that way, but not in a bad way. I mean, it's just like, it is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, Hey, if you want to come like, it's going to look like this. So we had our renderings. Renderings are huge. Um, you know, we had our renderings out everywhere. So that way they can get, get the get visual yeah, of what it's going to yeah. look like and how it's um, going to function. And, 
speaking about the state, you know that renderings, we could get shut down if a rendering doesn't match what we could possibly have. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it's like strict like that. So I was like, man, I didn't know, like, like literally we got to fall, you know? So it's just, it's very, we had to do it like that and, and prove to these people that this is what we're going to look like. But it makes sense though. Imagine you taking your son up to our school and you, us showing you this amazing rendering. Then he shows up to class. He's got like old wood desks with like, <laughs> with, with splinters on the side. And you're like, man, this wasn't what the rendering yeah, said. So from I tease Lewis all the time. I was like, oh man, you, we can't, you can't go halfway, man. You got to go all the way. You got to have the nice desk because you can't sell something that's not there. And that's how it's, you can't cut corners in that way. But you know, we made our rendering, we matched it the best that we could, you know, maybe the chairs were in the same color in the rendering. But other than that, it still looked, looked like, and I said, this is what's going to look like. You want to sign up? <laughs> yeah. Was there ever yeah. a point that y'all were ready to throw in the towel where you just got scared? You're like, I don't know if this shit's going to make it. Um, I would say uh, absolutely yes. I think in every, most businesses, I'm not going to say every business, you get you get that nervous, you get that anxiety. I, I'm, I'm, I'm there, you know, and I'm, I'm in the day-to-day and I always feel like, man, maybe it won't work out. Shit, even until today, you know, you never know. But, um, I feel for myself personally, you know, I had to make a decision and um, and I had to start understanding that I can't do this on my own. And at the same time, there's some things I gotta do on my own. And when I when we first started, I wasn't the day-to-day person. I was more so like pulling the strings and making the calls and, and doing the, the tours. Yeah, and that was like my main role is just greeting people and doing tours and, and showing them the place. But you know, I wasn't the day-to-day, like they're all day person. Um, Cause I still have my other business, you know? Yeah. And another big shout out to all of our entrepreneurs that have multiple entities, like, you know, stick to, if you're gonna do two, know that you're gonna leave one in good hands or know that you're still gonna be able to profit from them while you are not eating for a while, this other one, you know? And uh, and that's kind of the, the part I had to make and I made a decision to say, hey, look, you know, I've, 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 I've this company's been established, my after school company now for 10 years. Um, I have a team, they can handle it. If they need me, they can call me and let me just go ahead and just uh, suck it up and, you know, put my big boy pants on and let's go to work every day and I have to open you know, for a while I was opening at 8.30 and, and, and closing and being there. Yeah. 24-7. Yeah, 24-7, man, and, and be on the phones all day. And, and uh, our, you know, we just started growing. And I just said, if I'm going to do I'm going to do it my way. Um, and I'm going to put the effort that I need to do. And I feel like if I'm here every day and I work here every day, it's not going to fail. But it still made me say I got to start reaching out and start going to my network and start contacting people that – that would want to help grow this thing um, because I'm going to need help in different aspects, you know? So at what point was it that you reached, whether it was six months or three years, that you were finally like, all right, this is going to work. Right. You know, looking at the numbers, the P&Ls, the financials to it, it's working, we're making a profit, and I can see the growth trajectories, knowing that you're going to get to where you need to be. Well, I would say after about uh, a good two two plus years, close more to three years. Um, going back when I said earlier, I said, Hey, you want to pay for a college you never heard of? It's not like easy to do. Right. Sure. Um, I don't even know. I don't know. You know, Lewis got kids that are in college. You got kids. That are, I don't know if y'all would have paid for it. You know, I don't know if I could have sold it to y'all. I, I, I don't know because it, it was brand new and you're going to, I have to speak to, to, to parents, you know, um, not a lot, but when I do, it's, that's the biggest question. That's the first thing that I got asked and it made my fate. Like I had did the, the, she's like, so what's going to, you know, 
what's going to prevent you guys from shutting down this year? I'm like, dang, like, hey, nice to meet you, sir. You know, and this guy's like from the woodlands. He's got his two kids there. And he told me straight up, like, yeah, I'm going to send my kids to college. I'm paying for it. So, you know, he's asking a tough question. I was like, shit, I mean, that's a legitimate, real question I have to deal with sure. every day because you're right. Like, I don't know if we're going to be, but I'm not going to tell him that, you know. Um, but once I started going through that first graduation class, which, you know, was a year after um, our first uh, first start was uh, our official start was like in um, in the first quarter of 2015. 15. So once 16 hit and that first class graduated, then the next class graduated, like, oh, okay, cool. And then they're getting jobs. They're like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then more people are hearing about it. All right. And then I started being there every day, like, okay. And then before you know it, um, you know, we're hitting uh, 80 to 90 to 100 leads in one in one in one quarter like oh shit like now people are really trying to go here and then i don't i'm not going to talk about other schools like you know education education but i'm gonna let the students talk to me i've at this point now i have received transfers from every school in the area or that does anything audio related they've come they're they're out of they're they've are coming to avant or they've been at avant and i've heard the stories so i'll let them talk and it's cool because i'm like man we have transfers from everywhere yeah. and yeah. it's, it's awesome. Man. That's amazing. You know, it's awesome. Like really you're leaving that school to come to our school. And, and I've had people leave universities. Now I'm not going to tell parent, Hey, it's how your kid drop out of a, sure. you know, university of Texas in their junior year and just come to Avant. I'm not going to say that, but if they do that on their own, it's because they're not getting the education that they thought they were getting. Especially if it's in a niche industry, like engineering audio, right? Right. You, you know, you're, you're specialized in that. They're not going to go take the basic classes and courses and all the bullshit that they don't pay attention to and then get a half-ass audio engineering program. Right. You know, they're coming to you and that's what they're learning. You, like you said, 12 students to a class mm -hmm. hands on from people that are actually in the industry, right? Not somebody that's making 50 grand a year standing up in front of a chalkboard going all through day. a textbook yeah all day they're just up there just preaching but they're not actually doing anything gotcha yeah. love it man well con congratulations on your successes before we wrap it up tell me a little bit about what's next for avant i know we talked a little bit at the studio love the studio love the location the classroom settings it was dope and uh if y'all need to go check something out highly consider it go do a tour of the studio like i did y'all will love it what is next for avant well, we started our classes, uh, our night class officially jumped off in September uh, of 2018. And it was a big, you know, change for us because I think we all came and said, all right, now we're going to be open from 8.30 a.m. to 12.30 at night. Like we, <laughs> who's paying for that? <laughs> who's going to pay for that person, you know, to be there? Um, so now we have night classes, you know, and it. It, we decided to go with it and let's see what happens. We've, we've, we, we did night class in September. Um, January came, said, should we try it again? Sure, why not? Boom, January comes. We filled out uh, both um, uh, morning and night again. Uh, April comes around and we're like, do we really want to try it again? We don't have the space <laughs> and this is where the build out scenario and this is where you know another negotiation tactic uh, came into play that we'll have to talk about another day, but these guys are very familiar with. And um, mentally, I told myself two years ago, that wouldn't it be crazy if I if we would have four night classes and four morning classes on a daily basis, which is eight running classes. Keep in mind that in that first quarter of 2018, we had a class of like eight, like eight people, you know, that's like crazy. that's it. That's crazy. And um, so mentally I said, you know, we're going to get there. And, and I feel like we put I, I put that out there in the universe to know that this is coming and we just got to make the right decisions to get it there. So um, just now our last April class, we had the highest 
you know, we, we filled out both classes. We had a waiting list running into July. Uh, and then July, we officially uh, um, opened up our and extended our school. So what's coming next is uh, for September 2019, our school will have uh, an additional 3,500 square feet. We're going to have two fully functional studios that are going to be running, man. student lobby, uh, break room. Um, and uh, for January 2020, it's crazy to say that, <laughs> um, with the right construction team, uh, <clears throat> Lewis, uh, we'll have uh, our third studio. <laughs> and in our third studio uh, will be a... Um, uh, it would be industry like uh, you know full full board um, digital and analog and uh, so now running into 2020 man we'll have uh, you know uh, an additional 3,500 square feet on top of our 5,000 square feet and then we'll have three functioning studios and eight running classes on a on a day to day basis man so you got it mapped out for the next year <laughs> yeah after that yeah we'll see man maybe yeah. maybe we'll get with the Wiseman group and see what's up with our Sugarland location right yes, so. there you go yeah <laughs> Yeah, won't tell anybody. We talked about interns coming into the studio. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, definitely. we'll capture that on another one. Yeah, well, I appreciate you coming out. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing your story of Avant with the with the audience. Uh, amazing things that you're doing. Uh, badass entrepreneurs. All three of y'all are. I know two of y'all very well. Johnny, we'll get to catch up a little bit more. Absolutely. Uh, but if you're on this dude's team, I know you're a fucking badass. So <laughs> thank you all for being here, sharing your story with everybody out there in Houston. I appreciate it, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you for having and me. And best man. of luck to you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Lewis. Been a long time, bro. Already, bro. Thank you, man. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And uh, Houston Entrepreneur Podcast. Appreciate y'all following along. Uh, check out Avant Institute. Uh, some dope shit going on. If you got kids, if you yourself want to get in there, uh, audio engineering, that is going to be the place to go. So appreciate it, and we'll catch you on the next one. Take care, guys.